This is a HeadGum Podcast. All the girls... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Girls stepping out for a public affair all night, that's right. Cause the party don't stop, all the cameras come out for the public affair. Who cares, let's rock, cause the party don't stop. Wow. The song is Public Affair by Jessica Simpson. I wish I simply knew more of it, but it has escaped my brain. And traditionally, I don't just sing. You you guys know if you've been listening to the pod now, which I'm sure you have. I typically do a few more bars. I don't just do two, you know, two little two little strings of the chorus. But what can we do? What can we say? Now, I know what you're wondering. Where are we? What year is it? What's going on? Well, darling dears, the year is 2009. A lot is happening in the world. For starters, Barack Obama was sworn in as the 44th president of the United States on January 20th, 2009. Grinder launches in the year 2009. Hannah Montana the movie comes out in 2009. Glee and Modern Family air their first episodes in 2009. Huge, huge. Facebook launches Farmville in 2009. Hmm. We're going to skip that one. Chris Pratt and Anna Ferris got married in 2009. And of course, how could we forget? Kanye West interrupts Taylor Swift during her VMA acceptance speech in 2009. Also, Gaga does her crazy paparazzi performance at the same VMAs. Wow. I mean, there is Boom Boom Pow and I Got a Feeling are top on the charts. And you guys know we love to do this. Oh, Jacob and Isabella are the top baby names of 2009. That's fun. And, you know, I've decided that from now on, I'm going to bring on my guests to do the next chunk of 2009 Discovery. But first, I do want to let everyone know that Avatar is released in 2009. Huge. Now, you're wondering, where are we? Who are we? Well... My guest today on Senior Superlatives with me, Greta Teitelman, is none other than Mary Beth Barone. And where do we find ourselves? In Stamford, Connecticut. Mary Beth, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's been great to revisit the past and just what was on the tip of our tongue in 2009. Well, you know what I love to do, and I think it's more fun if I do it with my guest. Don't read people who were born in 2009. No. I will have to leave. Me too. I, I will have to leave as well. I okay, love good. to re- I love to briefly go through top of the music charts in 2009. Okay, great. Because we hold a lot of, you know, a lot of nostalgia with music. I realized I didn't even tell you what we're doing on this podcast, but I, you're going to find out, up, honey. No questions asked. I'll do whatever <laughs> you tell me. You are going to find out. First of all, my Life Would Suck Without You by Kelly Clarkson. Huge. Huge. Fire Burning by Sean Kingston. Missed that guy. The Climb, Miley Cyrus. Oh. Huge song for me. Still listen to that. Karaoke song for me. Excellent karaoke song. 
Good Girls Go Bad by Cobra Starship. Remember that? Featuring Leighton Meester, honey. Oh, yeah. Star of Gossip Girl. Do people ever tell you that you have a Leighton Meester thing? I have been told that. I've been told that as well because I feel like we're on two opposite spectrums of the Leighton Meester thing. Of the Leighton Meester thing. But the the good thing is that we're both on the spectrum. We are both on that spectrum. Yes, we are. Birthday Sex came out in 2009. Huge song for me as well. Wow, I'm gonna I'm gonna give us three more because this is very important. Obsessed, Mariah Carey's obsessed. Huge again, it's huge. Throw it in the bag. Mm-hmm. Wow, right round by Flo Rida. Ooh, that was that one wasn't one that I enjoyed, but it was around. But it was it was like very present in our lives. I feel like that song for you in high school must have been like was that a big song for you your senior year of high school? Like toward the end. I, I guess want to look- say that came out in the second in the later half of the year. I want to say that was college. Maybe when you were maybe Freshman when you hit college. college. Yeah. But it was definitely one where when you would go to the bars like you're hearing that. Oh yeah, that. Watch out, watch out, watch out. Is it featuring Kesha or is it featuring someone else? Because it definitely has like a like a high pitched female female voice. Let's see, that's Flo Rida. You know, I recently found out by recently, I mean two years ago, that Flo Rida is just Florida. Florida, yeah, which is a crazy brand to align yourself with as an artist. It really is, but you know what i I like I like that he's just upfront about who he is. This was a time, the 2000s, when people liked a little play on words in their in their rap names. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about a Will I Am. Yep, that's the only other example I can think of. Well, there are a lot. There was a Florida. lot of um, a lot of word play going on in the Black Eyed Peas. One might say, absolutely. You know, taboo, taboo, and then the other guy, like Appy D D Dap. I don't know. Uh, you are right that right round featuring Kesha. Mm. And now I will so that no black IP. What are they called? P heads? The Probably the P heads. Yeah. That the black IPs um, that no one comes for me. The that member was. Mm, it's tough because I think black IPs like Apple D app. Yeah. There you go. See, my point proven. I think, didn't Black Eyed Peas like restructure before yeah. they got big? Yes. Or um, Where's the Love? Fergie. They restructured with, with Fergie. Fergie they, which was honestly good a good move. Yeah, they, they kicked, not kicked out. I think the person who was in a documentary that I saw somehow was in the Black Eyed Peas and then left and then they got Fergie. But you know what? We're not here to talk about Fergie. We're here to talk about you, Mary Beth. We are. Because here on Senior Superlatives, we deep dive into everyone's high school experiences. And I want to know, for starters, who were you in high school? What was going on? What were you wearing? What was the style? Who was the clique? What, what were the vibes? So going into freshman year of high school, I was coming out of K through eighth grade in Catholic school, mm. a very tiny Catholic school. All girls or no, co-ed? girls and boys. Uniform. Uniform. Strict uniforms. So I was going to public school for the first time. And I was a little bit nervous because, you know, I was leaving the bubble, that tiny little bubble mm-hmm. to go to a school that is in, you know, Stanford's like a moderately sized city I would say Mm -hmm. and I was just like kind of being thrust into that world and I was scared and I was a fashion obsessed little 14 year old I 
I just loved putting outfits together and I well I mean this will tie into something later but I just thought I was like Marissa Cooper Mm -hmm. you know and that was who I aspired to be so I was also Republican at the time (laughs) what do you mean I was Republican at the time so you like very politically aligned yourself with the Republican party yeah now this is coming out of because you know I was in fifth grade I was in fifth grade when 9-11 happened and that was like a huge thing for young minds because it was like nationalism Mm -hmm. these colors don't run blah 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 blah. Mm -hmm. we love George Bush etc and being in a Catholic school obviously those narratives are pushed a little bit more just because of like pro-life movement Mm -hmm. and all those things and my parents were Republicans so I very much align with those values I am proud to say my parents no longer vote Republican they didn't vote for Trump so we've all come a long way in radicalizing our family but at the time I was very like thinking I knew anything about the world when I really didn't I was very sheltered to no fault of my parents or siblings but just like I had no idea anything about really and then I went to public school where it was like extremely diverse and I was meeting people from different areas of Stanford and like people who had totally different like backgrounds and upbringings from me and I think Honestly, I, I, I've said this before. If I had gone to the all-girls Catholic school that was the option to me, I would be Jemay from Summer Heights High. <laughs> I would be a completely insufferable person. Like, I'm so grateful that I took a leap of faith and went to public. Luckily, one of my sisters had also gone to public school, so I felt like I there was always the option to leave if I didn't like it, right. you know, if I wasn't vibing with it. But it was like so formative and I met my like best friends to this day from that high school yeah so you're a freshman you're starting your fashionista you're loving style and you are a young republican so what was the look like what did you have a um aesthetic and fashion transformation throughout the four years of high school or were you pretty consistent in like this is the Mary Beth Barone look this is what you're going to get And do you feel that your sense of fashion helped you make friends or hindered you in that? I was really fearless with my fashion in high school. And I was like a fashion girl. Like I read fashion magazines and I would like make outfits that were like more like not even edgy. I wasn't wearing like, you know, art pieces to school but it was very much like there was an episode of Gossip Girl where Blair wears bright red tights with high-waisted shorts sure and I remember wearing that with my Tory Burch flats love Republican with Tory Burch flats with the elastic with, with the, the elastic, elastic the heel. On. Yep. and I remember people were sort of whispering about me and I just didn't really care at all mm-hmm. I was like I don't I was a fashion risk taker though even in Catholic school because we would have dress down day which was the last Friday of every month you would pay a dollar and you'd get to wear whatever you want. Oh my God, you had to pay to I wear mean, whatever I, you like want? You raise money for charity. Sure, sure. I remember, first of all, in pre-K, I I don't remember why we had like Hawaii Day. Mm-hmm. But I remember wearing a tie-up shirt where like a little bit of my tummy showed in like pink shorts. And everyone was like, oh my God, do you see what she's wearing? Oh That's God. really like funny. Kids. And then I wore, I remember for dress down day, I think in fourth grade, my mom had bought me red pleather pants from The Gap. Love. And I strutted into Greenwich Catholic School in those pants. I loved the Gap. I was a Gap girl. Gap girl. Actually, one of the more brilliant things I ever did, and you know, we are recording this podcast 
in the fall. I'm not going to say exactly when, but it's vaguely fall, mm-hmm. which makes you think of Halloween. Totally. Um, I had a shirt from Gap that had a girl on it who was dressed as a devil with a trick-or-treat bag, like a little pumpkin trick-or-treat bag. And I thought it was so clever for me to go as the girl on my shirt. That is clever. It was clever, but no one, like, I thought it was so cool. And I remember no one else thought it was as cool as I thought it was. But that's what's great. I think when you're young like that, you don't have, you just don't, you haven't built up the sense of shame yet. No. Where where you give a shit. And that was so, like, I really credit my mom for kind of being, like, shaping my taste. Because I definitely had a very specific, I just liked what I liked. And I was also nuts about making sure my if my if my shirt had a spot on it Mm. I would just refuse to wear it really I was like that I left high school once because my skin was dry I was like I'm not staying like I will I'm driving myself home so you were like very aesthetically concerned very aesthetically concerned I straightened my hair almost every day oh my god and I never wore the same outfit twice wow all of high school you never wore the same outfit twice yeah I mean I repeated items obviously and for me it was like a casual day would be like seven jeans okay distressed seven jeans iconic a polo tee uh-huh and well, when you say polo tee, you mean like like Ralph Lauren, like a Ralph or Lauren Lacoste. collared Lacoste or Ralph and Lauren. And shirt. OK, love that. Or and then pairing that with like a juicy zip up. That would be like a like a casual day. That's very cute on a, very trendy on a more like, you know, trendy day. More, more, a little bit more like elevated. Mm-hmm. It would be Keds, obviously. OK, what color? I had some light green ones and cute. I had brown ones. Cute. And then I would wear a little denim skirt. I remember mm. this outfit so vividly. A denim skirt. Then I had a splendid cut off like sweatshirt thing. Okay. And then I wore a scarf in my hair with like a side braid. Love. So it was like I was putting thought into these things. And also, you know, you, you, were, you were buying all the brands that the girlies loved. I was. I, I was obsessed to a degree where it's like I don't really know where that came from because no one in my family is like is as like I just love brands Mm -hmm. it's like it's something I don't really like about myself but I just I just really do I mean brands are brands for a reason right they like click into your brain and you love them I I you we all had affinities for that like juicy was huge huge but the biggest it gets juicy was the Beyonce of clothes it had a chokehold on our generation the likes of which we've really not seen since. And also, like, I I still have three juicy jumpsuits. I bought some on eBay recently because they're, they're I wanted first, them. And they also, they don't make them like they used they to. They do not make them like they used to. I'll be the first to say that. So we are, we are in this style moment, and our style kind of is unwavering. And I want to say, I shudder to think if Reformation had existed when I was in high school, mm. I would be out on the streets broke. Like, mm-hmm. I would have been obsessed mm-hmm. I'm sure everything would have been a little bit too big mm-hmm. but I would have insisted on owning that stuff mm-hmm. it's where'd just, you shop I shopped there were like a lot of stores that would sell like a bunch of different brands like, like Michael Little Stars James Pierce oh of course Seven, Seven Jeans, Jeans Citizens of Humanity of course let's not forget Paige Denim let's not forget forget Paige Denim let's not forget True Religion let's AG Jeans not forget Elizabeth and James we can't so there was like Havana jeans, there was Wishlist, 
And then there were maybe a couple habitual. Of other Did you say habitual? I never had. I never had habitual. My sister had a pair of habitual. Mm-hmm. But whenever my sisters would leave at home and they went to college as well, I was like, "Well, that's mine." Ralph Lauren rugby. Were you into that? I never got super. So rugby kind of like diluted themselves mm. because they had a massive store on Greenwich Avenue. Yes. And I just felt like I had a couple of items from there, but I never was like I loved J Crew as well mm. back then because my brother's wife was then his girlfriend worked for J Crew Corporate. So we got a great little discount. Now, were you an Abercrombie and Fitch person at all? I was never. Ab- My mom put her foot down on a few things. Mm, and Abercrombie was one of them. Abercrombie was one of them. Did she deem Abercrombie like inappropriate? I don't even know if it was that so much as like when I would have been peak Abercrombie would have been middle school. And she was like, why would we buy these things that you're going to grow out of? And it was so overpriced. It was very expensive. Just like astronomical. I went in there recently and it was still expensive. They're kind of having a resurgence right now where people are like trying to sort of resurrect the ANF brand. Yeah. Okay. So were your friends also like, did you have that weird thing happen where you go to high school and you need to make all new friends because you had no crossover friends come with you? There was one other person from my graduating class who came to West Hill and then eventually a one other person transferred into West Hill from our um, sort of year at Greenwich Catholic. But I had to make all new friends and I was pretty nervous and scared. But luckily I was in classes with sort of like if you were sort if you were in like honors math you were in honors English and then you were in honors history okay, so, so we're like, an honors student honors student you would sort of have overlap so I remember like I remember my first class on my first day really of my freshman year what was it it was English and my teacher was named Miss Pizzarello who ended up marrying a history teacher at the school Mr. Hoffman and Miss P was just like the sweetest person like I wish she reminds me she reminds me of Courtney Kardashian like mm. I just want to give her a hug and Miss P like really just got me you know love. when you have a teacher that just gets you I do and I loved English so I felt very comfortable. it's always the English teacher like something through all of these podcasts that I've done so far predominantly with comedians it's always the English teacher that gets you it's always that well, and person. so I went to college to be an English teacher and obviously I dropped out after two years but clearly it made you know such an impression on me and I had great English teachers throughout but I think I was very nervous and luckily people that were there were certain people that were in like a few of my classes Mm -hmm. and then I sort of realized like oh they like they like dress cute and like they seem like we could sort of get along and then I kind of had to like merge myself into an existing friend group which actually is like the best people I've ever met and what were they like self-identified like did you have a clicky high school was that a thing for you guys or was it very kind of just like oh everyone does everything or did you have specific like you know those are the theater kids those are the nerds like what was going on I would say that it was like there were definitely defined friend groups but there were just I think there was I don't know why I think it's 300 or 600 people in my grade. Those are obviously hugely Huge different. different. But I know that number is sticks in my mind. Maybe there was 3,000 kids at my school. I don't remember. But it's like it was such a big school. It was like impossible to like know everyone in your grade. That's kind of nice. It was nice. And I think, you know, it was good because it wasn't like it, there was nobody that you were like, oh, that group doesn't talk to that group. Right. It was just sort of like and PE class was when and health 
were when kids from like all the different levels of classes would be together. Mm-hmm. So you would meet people you wouldn't have met. But luckily, there were only so many gym classes offered. So you'd have a few friends in your class. In health class, did your school teach sex education? Miss Sycats, bless her heart, she tried, you know? Yeah. She was so funny and so batshit. Like, I really loved her as a teacher. And, you know, we did the whole banana condom thing and oh. all that stuff. So, um, you know, looking back, I... I did learn a lot. You know, we watched a a Barbara Walters documentary about trans kids in high school. Wow, that's like huge for a lot of high schools. Yeah, it was very like, you know, looking back, I'm like, oh, she just wanted to show us. She wanted to show us a lot of videos. We watched a lot of videos in health. I didn't you love the feeling of seeing that TV cart roll out into the classroom? Wow. Euphoric. What a relief. Like, it felt like I was given a Xanax when that thing came out. I was like, oh, my God, the lights go off. I get to fall asleep but you were a good student it sounds like I was good in the classes I cared about I was terrible at math Mm. and my sister Vicky tutored me almost every day in math I couldn't get through it like for some reason I insisted on being in honors math I guess because like looks good for college but I just really struggled with math I could not I could not do math for the life of me. I couldn't do math to the point where my math teachers were like, what's going on? Like, I think you have something broken inside of your math brain. Yeah. And science was never a strength of mine either, but you kind of slogged through those ones. You can slog through science. Now, were we in sports? Were we doing theater? What was going on with that? Were we in orchestra? Did we play an instrument? I always thought I would do drama. I always thought I would go to public high school and do drama. Really? In practice, not the case. So you didn't get involved? I or did you involved. have a scary like drama teacher that hindered you from getting involved? So I had there was a scary drama teacher at BC who essentially told me there was going to be a spot in the class. And then when I showed up for the second day, was like, we're full. You can go. Oh, my God. And I was like, cool. Um, but Drama 101 was a, an elective you could take. And Miss Hamera was the teacher. And she was like a female Chris Farley. Like, she was so funny. And love. she never realized she was being funny. But I love. I had such a great time in the class. But ultimately, I did swim team. And for a year or two, I did tennis team, which would have overlapped with drama. So I wasn't in like the spring show or anything so you were a sport girl I was a sport girl I didn't enjoy it at all well those are good sports swimming and tennis now the real question is I'm like I'm getting sort of the Mary Beth picture like we're dressing very well we kind of like it sounded like you kind of easily adjusted to this school and made friends And then it kind of sounds like, you know, you had your friends who you loved. You guys could like wear cute outfits together. We're probably doing sleepovers or something like that. We share jeans to a psychotic degree. Love that. Carry them around school, pass them off to each other. We knew everyone's jeans. And you'd change into each other's jeans at school? No, this would be for like planning for future outfits. Okay. It's like I'll bring my A-pocket seven jeans on Monday and then Lauren can wear them on Thursday sort of thing. (laughs) It was it. We were like a little strategic little crew. Did you guys have a, a crew name? We didn't at the time, but then when we all went to college, we made a Facebook group called Hookers, Mm. and we would write on the Facebook wall updates. There were discussions. We could post pictures and videos, but then they sort of changed groups, and we lost a ton of stuff. That's really sad to me because we had really funny stories in there. Now our group chat is still called Hookers. That's good. Yeah. It's great. So we're in school. Now, did you have a a romance? Were you in a romance in high school? I was... 
boy crazy to a tragic degree. Really? I had crushes on, I had long-term crushes on several people. And then when you put in like, I was in confirmation class for getting confirmed mm-hmm. at the at my local church, Our Lady Star of the Sea. And when you throw in some Fairfield prep boys mm. who are also getting confirmed and instant messenger is blowing up at the time, it's like, I mean, it was like a full-time job. You waited for that door creak to happen on AIM to have your crush pop up and then to sort of just um, immediately get in contact. Yeah. Or see their, you know, their away message or whatever it was, read their profile. It was, it was a lot. And then, you know, there were a couple other schools that would sort of get into the mix because your neighbors wouldn't necessarily go to your school Mm -hmm. because there was like a few private schools in the area. So it was, it was overwhelming and I was utterly obsessed did you have your first kiss in high school i did i had my first kiss with jake who i is might the, the boy that i first kissed was named jake, jake is he gay now no i okay. don't think so he might be but i don't think so we've lost touch okay jake and our jake's my best friend and he is gay he came out senior year and but we dated freshman year for three months i love that and, and that you guys are a, still friends. Oh, yeah. I mean, I used to, I lived with him and his husband in New York. They were my roommates. Aww. And yeah, they, because it was kind of a big deal because you, my mom had a rule that you couldn't have a boyfriend or girlfriend till you were 16. Mm-hmm. But I think she made an exception because, like, what can you even do before you have a driver's license? Nothing. Like, nothing. You truly can't do anything. We had a kiss at, at my friend's place. Like, we all were hanging out, and then it ended up just being us two in a room, and we just like, kissed for. I can't stress this enough, 0.2 seconds. But like, it felt like the biggest deal. <laughs> Did you keep kissing after that? Or was it like, okay, we kissed and now we move on? We kissed and now we move on. That's so funny. But you dated for three months, no more kissing. No, because I feel like the kiss happened sort of like well into it. And it had to be like the right circumstances. Yeah. And his house was the house that like everybody went to to like watch movies and stuff. So it was always a big group and that felt fun. Right. Which was good. And then after that, did you have another boyfriend in high school? I did. I had a boyfriend senior year. Serious? It was serious in that like we could drive to dates and stuff and like. What was the go to date? Tangda. We got sushi. Okay. And then we would go back to his house and like watch TV and smooch and stuff. And it was great. I mean, I look back on that relationship with a lot of happy memories. Really? Mm -hmm. That's really nice. Yeah. But I mean, I was also terrorized by I I allowed myself to be terrorized by uh, people in high school boys like I was I would go I was just not thinking clearly would you get like obsessed and like lovesick yes and then it was like when you see each other in the hallways you know it was just it was it was stressful but I would bring it upon myself I will say there is nothing quite like that feeling that only exists at that time in your life of you know knowing you're going to see someone the next day in school, in the halls, in class, whatever it is, and that feeling that just washes over your body, it's it's, it's like a drug. It really drug. is like a drug. If you know that their classroom is in one place and yours is in another and you can walk a certain way in the hall that you guys will pass each other, mm-hmm. that was like, I mean, that's where girls maybe guys too, but I know girls learn how to orchestrate the accidental run-in. Yes, absolutely. And it was sort of that thing when when Sweet 16s were kind of taking over, mm-hmm. the Sweet 16 economy, you could see someone outside of school who maybe you wouldn't see normally. They yes. were in your, 
in your direct friend group, but you would not only see them, you would be dancing with them. Mm-hmm. You'd be grinding. Yes. And potentially that would open doors, which it did a few times for me. Do I have some regrets? Definitely. There's some people if I could go back, I probably wouldn't have kissed, but it was critical, critical. to the, that sort of social dynamic. Well, now this kind of brings me to asking you for a story from your gauntlet of memories in high school. Mm-hmm. A story to you that's very high schoolian. A story that when you think about it takes you right back. Something that, you know, is quintessential, defining for Mary Beth Brown. One night that is burned into my brain, it's etched. It's never going to go away. So I, my family belongs to a yacht club in Stanford. We don't own a yacht. I just mm-hmm. want to put that out there. You know, they have pools and tennis and stuff. That's well, it's like a country do. club. It's a country club. So there was an exchange program with a Danish yacht club. So mm. a few Danish girls came to live in Stanford and my parents were like, we'll be one of the like families, one of the host families. So the first summer, two girls came. What? How old are you? I think I was 14 okay. or 15. And one of the girls and I really clicked. Mm-hmm. And so she came back just to visit the next summer, not through the yacht club. And obviously the drinking age in Denmark is different. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was a drink, like we would drink. I would drink with my older siblings. I smoked weed, etc. But I didn't have that taller. I didn't have that. What were you drinking? And when did you start drinking? I think the first time I drank, I was 14. Mm -hmm. And I would, you know, it was like a very, it was beer heavy Mm -hmm. or vodka pretty much. So one night when I have two friends over, in addition to our Danish friend, we went to, we didn't have any houses where no parents were home. Mm -hmm. So of course, what do we do? We have to go to my friend's houseboat. Mm. Because there's no parents there. Yeah. So we go to the houseboat and we have beers and we have rum and we have weed. Okay. We're getting faded. We're getting absolutely faded, cross faded even. Yes, we are getting cross faded. And we got, I mean, dangerous levels of drunk. Like we we were doing so many shots of rum. Mm. We were playing drinking games. We were smoking weed, like extensive amounts of weed. We, I was completely fucked mm. when we were getting off this houseboat mm-hmm. to the point where I was beelining straight into an anchor that was hanging off a docked <gasps> boat. My friend bear hugged me and pulled me out of the... I would have ripped my entire face off and oh, fallen into the ocean. Oh, my God. It was like, I look back on that moment and I'm like, my friend Phil saved my life. Yeah. Genuinely. It was dark. It was nighttime. Obviously, wasn't wearing... A, like, we were on a docked boat, so it was like I would have just fallen in and been like... Dead. Really scary. So anyway, my friend, my other friend who wasn't there, we're all getting off the boat. I mean, the Danish girl's totally fine. Yeah. She hardly, (laughs) like, she's not stumbling. She's like full recollection clarity. My two other friends and me, just absolute shambles. I get in my friend's car. I'm in the front seat. I'm sitting on his boss's lap. This is a friend who wasn't even at that party. He was at a different house. How old is his boss? He was he was like interning and it was like his intern manager or whatever. So mm-hmm. it was like not that much older. And okay. this is my brother's friend. So he's older than me. Okay. I literally throw up all over myself and this guy's boss. But I did it in such a way where it just kind of like fell out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. So I, it wasn't like on the car. It was just on It me. wasn't a projectile. No. It was more of just like a drop. It sort of fell out. 
And so it was like my water broke, but it was puke and it was coming out of my mouth. So I get out of the car. I take my dress off in the driveway. Mm -hmm. My sister and her husband are living at our house at the time with their newborn baby. I'm in the driveway in my underwear. And my brother-in-law's like, are you guys good? And I was like, no. So we three go, four of us go upstairs. We're all sleeping in my room. And one of my friends is like, I'm going to be sick. Because my whole theory was go to bed immediately. You'll be fine. Right. I hear her. I'm like, if you, the sound of you throwing up is going to make me throw up. So you need to leave the room right now. Unfortunately, she didn't make it. She didn't make it out of the room. No. So she starts throwing up. No. I throw up on my bed. My other friend starts throwing up. No. I run to the bathroom. I throw up in the sink, the toilet. And then my friend gets in the shower fully clothed. And my sister and brother-in-law come in holding my niece. And they're like, what is going on? What what did you guys do? And we were just like, I mean, couldn't even form full sentences. So the room's covered in puke. I'm like, my parents are totally going to find us. Luckily, they were leaving the next day to go to Ohio or something. So... We ended up getting away with it. We brought all the comforters to the laundromat. We like cleaned up the room. I mean, the entire first floor, second floor of our house stank, but somehow we got away with it. And I just remember I've like, it was like there was camaraderie, like we were bound for life because we experienced that. But it was like, it was the messiest night I've ever had to this day. And that was in high school. So it was like, it was, I mean, it was fun. It was ultimately fun. Was that your first experience of a hangover? Yeah. And that was the only one I had for like six years because I didn't really get hungover in college. But this was like truly head in the shed, as they say in England. Oh, God. But I was like, you know, just you only live once. Yeah, YOLO. Mm -hmm. A real YOLO moment on that houseboat. Yeah. God, when you're that age, like... I would smoke pot and smoke my face off. And then I would literally get such extreme munchies that I would eat. And I've said this on other podcasts that I've had in the past. Don't come for me. okay? Mm -hmm. no, I but I would eat so much snacks. Mm -hmm. My tongue would literally bleed. No, I completely understand that. I actually had to take a break in high school or maybe it was college from smoking because I was eating so much food when I was high. We used to make like an assembly line of breakfast sandwiches Mm -hmm. at three in the morning, Mm -hmm. cook all the bacon in my house. Mm -hmm. I would eat multiple breakfast sandwiches like at two or three in the morning. Oh my it god! It felt like nothing. A, I would eat casually, and also I didn't even need to be high to do this. I could do it anyway. Two boxes of Auntie Annie's macaroni and cheese. Absolutely, that's a serving size. Yeah, I mean, that's first of all, size. a box I could take down easy, easy in my sleep. It actually upsets me because, like, the whole box, I'm just like, this is one meal. I'm it's like, this meal. is one I'm fucking being meal. Cheated. We would eat my we would eat my parents out of house and home. Oh my! Because it was me and my two brothers, and then. Or two of my brothers and then their friends as well. So it was just like we were smoking every night in the summer. Not obviously, you know, during the school school. But it was every night and it was so fun. Did you have a summer job? I had jobs in in the year as well. I used to, I worked since I was 14. Yeah, me too. I worked illegally. I I, oh, because I had to get my mom had to take me to get my workers permit in DC. So I got the permit to like legally work. I worked at a boutique in our neighborhood that like my mom's friends owned. Mm-hmm. 
And then I worked retail. I worked at Alice and Olivia. You know, I, I worked at Intermix for a million years. I will. I mean, I have a lot of thought. Actually, you know what? This I'll save this for later in my life. No comment on working at Alice and Olivia. It's the retail biz, especially in that time. It was kind of peak season for that type of shopping. I do not know how these contemporary brands stay in business, but that's for a different podcast. Well, have you been to Intermix lately? I have. It's not brand names. It's, I don't know what the hell their buyers are doing now. It's like these fake brands that I've never heard of, but everything's still $780. But then it will randomly be like a Manolo Blahnik. It's, I, it's the very... The one in Greenwich is oh, not, it's not it's like not that. It's not serving brands. It's not serving brands. It's, the only one that I've gone to recently was the one in Soho. And that is serving brands. Some brands. Not all brands, but some brands. And you'll pick something up and it's like, oh, this isn't well made. It feels like tissue paper and it's $1,200. Absolutely. Bizarre. Um, I have a story of one time smoking pot with my friend Kenzie... And we thought, and this was like right before we were about to be freshmen in high school. And we thought it was a good idea to hot box her dad's bathroom. Of course. And we thought that like he would never smell it. Meanwhile, we got so fucking high. And I have a vivid memory of Kenzie making noodles, like disgusting stoner food like making noodles when you're high is actually impressive because you have to wait for the water to boil totally it's a multi-step process it absolutely is but making noodles and then just like putting in butter and cheese and having it just be kind of like bad bland like diy exactly like diy's mac and cheese and then we would put in like an eggo in the toaster and then put a scoop, like multiple scoops of ice cream on top of that. Sure. And I remember eating and laughing, laughing so hard that I remember, look. I have a memory of looking down at her floor and me like not being able to walk, laughing so hard, being so fucking high. And then we did end up getting banned from hanging out with each other for the rest of the summer. Because Kenzie's dad woke up and was like, the house reeks of pot. Yeah, what are you guys doing? Yeah, what are you doing? You guys are bad influences on each other. And now you guys can't hang out. Yeah, that was tough. That would that would be a tough loss. And I think like those moments as a high school kid being stoned, I, I can't really smoke weed anymore. I cannot. Weed gummies because my mind... The simplicity of thought when you're a teen who's high on marijuana, it's like anything you say is the funniest thing you've ever heard. Yes. And it's just like, it's just, it hit different. Like when I, I used, I did, did weed gummies. There was a time where I was eating weed gummies to help me sleep, but then I would wake up at two in the morning. This was like in the pandemic. I've, I've quit since then, but I would wake up in the middle of the night to pee and then my mind would be playing tricks on me mm-hmm. and I couldn't sleep. Oh, I mean, I had to stop smoking pot I think around my senior year of high school because I would be like walking down the street and I would think I would like trip like I would think I saw something that wasn't there and then I started getting so paranoid and it's just like something happened something changed where I probably just got like too fucking stressed out and crazy. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. 
Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Oh, my God. Is that the sound of a door knocking I hear? Oh. Why, yes, it is. Oh, my God. And where are we going? We're in the school guidance counselor's office now. Welcome, Mary Beth. Guess who's the school guidance counselor? Me. That's right. I'm here to help you heal. Thank you. Or apologize if you feel that you need. A trauma from the past, a trauma from high school, whatever it may be. If you feel that you've done someone someone wrong or someone's wronged you, this is the time where we cleanse anything that might be haunting you. If you think to yourself, wow, I was a real bitch to that person, you can apologize. If you think this person made me feel like shit, we can look them up. Mm. If you have unrequited Unrequited, unrequited, requited, I can't say that word, love, we can talk about it. If someone stung you in any which way, here's the time where we get to completely release that. So Mary Beth, the question is, what do you need therapized in yourself For my guidance counselor. Well, I want to say that my actual guidance counselor, Mr. Andrews, was great. He was also very good looking and I enjoyed going to his office to talk about my problems and open up to him. I definitely use my guidance counselor as a therapist for for several things. Well, that's interesting that you actually went to your school guidance counselor. I loved my guidance counselor. A lot of people when I when I when we enter into, you know, my guidance counselor office, a lot of people are like my school guidance counselor was awful or like no one ever used them. I also we had like a school she wasn't called like a guidance counselor. I think she was literally called like a peer supervisor or something like that. And I also would like utilize her as my therapist. Of course. I think she literally said to me like, I'm not a therapist. Mm, beg to differ. Yeah. Beg okay. to differ. I, I think something. So I actually, I had a reputation for being bitchy in high school, but not based on my actions. I think people just like assumed I was one. And then I sort of, fed into the I was I didn't say not like I wasn't like no I'm not you right know, I was okay I was fine having that reputation but I was nice to people I don't have any unrequited love from high school I'm trying to think so it was romantic but there was someone that went to the all boys school who I used to talk to on instant messenger we did kiss once and then it got really weird like he showed up at my school like they had no school that day or something for like teacher development. And I was walking in my car and he was just like driving up to the school and was really creeped me out. And I was like, oh, that gives me an uneasy feeling. You know that feeling you would get in high school that you don't really get as an adult, but it's just like really you feel like sick to your stomach mm-hmm. because someone's creepy. Yes. 
that was this feeling I started getting. And then I remember I was getting gas one time and he like he's he was my neighbor as well. And he pulled into the gas station and started vacuuming his car. Oh, and then no. one night a car followed me home and I was like they put on their brights. I It was just like it got very not cool to the point where I had to message my brother's college roommate because my brother was abroad and be like, what do I do? Wait, so your neighbor who went to a different school than you, you guys were chatting on AIM Mm -hmm. and then you smooched once Mm -hmm. outside your houses or something. Yeah. Yeah. And then he started stalking you. Sort of. And what did you do? I think I just sent him a message being like, um, I'm not comfortable with this. Like, please leave me alone. And then I like unfriended him on Facebook. And then what did he do? I don't remember. So is this something that now you still think of as being like really creepy and weird? Is it something when you think of it, you're still kind of like, ugh, like that gives me like a weird feeling inside or are you over it? No, I think it's that thing where like when that feeling gets activated again, which has only happened to me a few months ago, but has really not happened in years. A few months ago, it happened randomly. Yeah, it's hard to explain, but I just met someone who gave me like really bad vibes. Mm -hmm. He was like an older guy and I could just tell like he's the type of person that would have made me feel really uncomfortable as a teenager. Yeah, yeah. Around him. And so I, I it really brought me back to that time. And then I was like, I think about it every now and then when I'm like, oh, that was like so weird. Yeah. And then sometimes I'm, I'm like, maybe I I wove a narrative that wasn't really there, but I just I don't know. I, I know it made me uncomfortable. So it's just a shame. I also think that in high school, we actually are a lot more in tune to what is going on than than parents or pop culture gives us credit. I think that the problem is, is like you can identify that someone's creepy and weird and you can feel that someone's creepy and weird, but you don't necessarily have the experience to speak on it. So it's like you need to describe things in really vague terms a lot of the time. And then you get gaslit by like your parents or someone that's like, no, sweetie, like that's not what's happening. That's not what it is. And then, of course, it is what it is. Damn, I'm sorry that you had to deal with that. That's stressful. Yeah, it was definitely a foray into like what men are capable of. And in a very like, you know, I wasn't brutally attacked or anything, but I was like, oh, guys are really fucking weird. Right. Yeah. Where it's like, why are you rolling by my school? Why are you following me when I'm walking home at night? Like all very weird. Did you ever get scared that he was like watching you in your room? No, because I was like, well, no, I just thought maybe I didn't really consider there might have been instances where I didn't know he was there, but I don't know. And I honestly haven't seen him since. I think maybe maybe I saw him once in the neighborhood, but I didn't say hi, obviously. I was, I think I was in my car. Maybe he was walking. Mm. But, you know, it's um, it's a weird time being a teenager. Well, as your school guidance counselor, I will say you did the right thing. Should we press charges? Yeah. <laughs> we love a lawsuit. Mm-hmm. You did the right thing. You unfriended. You blocked. You put up a boundary. And I am proud of young Mary Beth for that. Thank you so much. Now, I do have to know if you could give your high school self any advice, what would it be? Don't go to BC, probably. <laughs> 
But ultimately, I'm glad I went because it got me to where I am today. I had to go through all that to to be the person that I am. So I think actually being thrust back into an environment that was very much like my Catholic school days really proved to me that that was not an environment I wanted to be in. So I think, yeah, maybe I just feel like it was such a waste of money. Mm. So sometimes I wish I like went to NYU, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. I guess like, yeah, not going to BC would have been great Mm. because I would have avoided a lot of like trauma that I experienced there. Mm -hmm. Um, And also just be yourself. But it sounds like you really were yourself. I was really myself in high school because I had, you know, such a great like group of friends. And then I had friends in college, but I wasn't as comfortable with who I was in college did um were all your friends also republicans not at all no not even one of them. when did you re- when did you leave so you never joined like the young republicans club i went to one i don't remember what the meeting was no it was the i was in the i went to one pro-life club meeting in college i really did but i didn't wow but i didn't go back like i went once were you like was your mentality in high school because of your catholic upbringing mm-hmm very pro-life and Catholic adjacent. Did you identify as a religious person? I was religious for sure. I mean, we, I would like pray. I remember being really excited to make my first communion and stuff, you know, getting confirmed you're a teenager. And then it's sort of like, I didn't really question Catholicism until, so maybe I should, I'm glad I went to BC, but when I started taking theology and philosophy classes, which you had to take because it's a Jesuit school, that was when I was like, oh, this is, yeah. So premarital sex off the table. Completely off the table, yeah. So you were not having sex in high school? No. I would do other stuff, but I was very much saving myself for marriage for wow. a long until I was 20. Wow. Yeah. So I, I was very like, yeah, I wanted to believe that being like Catholic, like that religion was real. Was the fear of God instilled in you? Like, did you really believe in like sinning? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I know a lot of my mom, my mom also grew up Catholic and d- different time, obviously, than when we grew up. But that fear, the fear of God is very real and formative and very scary for a lot of people. A lot of people that I talked to that grew up religious, like grew up with a tremendous amount of stress around stress, them at all times. Shame, guilt, yeah. things like that, that I really had to shed and thankfully have shed from a lot of my memories too. Like yeah. I've worked through it to the point where some of the things I would look back and feel funny about because I was guilty. I just like, I release myself from that because mm-hmm. it's not productive. And also it's like such a construct anyway. But I, yeah, I was religious and I was like, I was, when I went to college was when I sort of said, okay, I'm I'm not really, I don't think like my political beliefs are right like I don't think they're correct and then when I quit school and got a job yeah that was when things really started to move in the other direction so interesting very interesting I I I do I always like just because religion for me you know I was raised I'm half Jewish half Catholic I was raised going to Hebrew school and I had about mitzvah, but I also would go to mass for like Easter and Christmas and things like that. 
Um, and I guess maybe because like I was really raised in the mix of the two that I never really felt like I had to identify deeply with any of them. Mm-hmm. And I think at a very young age, I always felt very distant from religion. I never felt connected. It never was something that I was like, I loved the family aspects of it. Like, I loved Passover Seder. I love Christmas Eve. I love Easter. I love, you know, like, I love Rosh Hashanah. Like, I love all of those ceremonial kind of like traditions. Yeah. But I never, I never was like, oh, yeah, this is real. Like, it always felt like fables to me. And I think it's very interesting when, and I know a lot of friends, we have a lot of friends that really were like, oh, no, like, that was a huge part of my life and also still is. Like, I know, I am friends with people who still very, in a very real way, like, really believe in God. Well, I think as you grow up, there's like this period where you're like, no, fuck everything. There's nothing. It's all just nothingness out there. But I would say at this age now, I'm kind of like, I don't know. It's like something made the Big Bang happen. Totally. I mean, I definitely to me, believing in nothing, that's like being a nihilist in many ways. And like, I don't believe in that. Like, I totally believe I'm very spiritual. I believe that there is something greater outside of us. I don't know what it is, but I do believe that there is something bigger than just us. Mm -hmm. There has to be. And I just think I love, I love the self-seriousness of like a young 16-year-old Mary Beth being like, I am a Republican. I am pro-life. I am Catholic. Yep. I am like in my little seven jeans. I'm wearing my little Juicy Couture zip up and I'm stomping the damn yard in my Tory Burch flats, honey. Exactly. I mean, that was me. That was my approach to life. And it was like, I was like very self-assured. Yeah. And I, I think that has, I don't know why, I guess maybe because my brothers were closest to me in age and I just got like a little bit of like some of their male confidence rubbed mm-hmm. off on me where I was just like, no, this is like how it is. It's very good to be a self-assured teen. Um, Did you go to prom? Did go to prom, junior and senior year. What did you wear? I gotta know. So I wore... My brother worked for Mark Bauer, who was like a big designer back then. Mm -hmm. And he had like he would do mostly like custom gowns for red carpet stuff. But then he started doing like gowns for like, you know, to sell at Nordstrom. Mm -hmm. So I I wore Mark Bauer to all. I went to junior prom at my school and senior prom. I had the boyfriend. So I went to two proms. Junior year was a short dress. It was like a off-white sort of lace type thing mm-hmm. and then senior year was two straight up floor length dresses oh my god and you need to send me pictures because i do I post to promote i will send what color pictures. what colors black so to my prom i wore like a white one with like a satin sort of like skirt thing but it was cinched at the waist obviously mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and then for my boyfriend's prom i wore a black floor-length dress that had sheer panels with sequins down the side oh my god cute so it was like actually cute very and cute i wore that dress in i still have it i wore it in the prom video i did with benito in lockdown oh my where, god like, i'm dancing we did those separately in front of green screens because obviously he was here but i still have the dress so i wore that it's like a throwback oh my god i love that um your celebrity crush misha barton looking back that's what it was i love that at the time i didn't know that but 
Now you know. I know now. What was your senior quote? My senior quote was from American Beauty. It was like, it's hard to stay mad when there's so much beauty in the world. Mm-hmm. So that was, but Kevin Stacey is so obviously problematic. Now. You know, the film, the film we love, the star we hate. We don't. Mm-hmm. But the film we do love. And finally, you know, the the last question I have for you is, what was your senior superlative? My senior superlative was best dressed. And that and that really does come full circle for us. And that comes full circle. I will say one thing. I was on the yearbook. Mm-hmm. I did not win the popular vote, but I won the electoral college, if that makes sense. Yes. So the votes were tallied. And basically, if you won two superlatives, you had whichever one you won by more, you would get or whatever. Okay. So actually, there was someone else who got best dressed, but she had won something else by more. So, so I got it because you couldn't get two. What did she win? Most athletic, maybe. Wow. Most athletic also was up for best dressed. Yeah, it was like her influence was far reaching because she was popular because she was like she was like the woman of the people. Mm, yeah. Like she was in classes with everyone, I think, and like on multiple sports teams. Mm. So that was sort of that vibe but I've always been very upfront about that so. and I love that yeah. oh I meant to ask you did you have a fragrance you know everybody was wearing flower bomb at the time yeah I was Victor sh- and Rolf Victor and Rolf who could forget who could forget I was Chanel Chance wow and I love that for you yeah not anymore, but Chanel Chance, gorgeous scent, sophisticated, and a, a circular bottle. Not everyone is doing that. Mm-mm. Not everyone's doing that. A lot of people doing Mademoiselle. A lot of people doing Mademoiselle. A lot of people doing Ralph Lauren Romance, which yep. I did for a time. But the far and away the most the fragrance that you would get smacked in the face with mm-hmm. in the halls mm-hmm. was Flower Bomb. Yeah, Flower Bomb everywhere. We had a lot of Michael Kors cashmere. Do you remember Mm, that? mm -hmm. When I went to boarding school, the girl across the hall from me would drench herself in it. And it now when I smell it, it really like brings me to another time. Yeah, which is not always welcome. We also had a lot of um, was it alien? What was that? What was that perfume called? I don't know. The apple one. Do you remember that apple? Yeah, that was DKNY. Yep. I also want to go on record as saying I did. I did have a time where I wore way too much Nars Laguna bronzer. Oh, we all, we didn't we all have I it? I just wasn't blending it. It wasn't, no. I was way too heavy handed and I feel, you know, I'm not proud of not being able to blend makeup, but I just didn't know. So, oh, I, I looked it up. Alien is a Mugler scent that came out in 2005. You know what? I was going to say Narcisco Rodriguez. Yes, that's so another one. I'm glad we've set the record straight. That's another one. M- M- is it Mugler or Mugler? Mugler, you know. Well, Mary Beth, what a gorgeous little epi of my pod. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. What a great way to kind of go into the dark crevices of my mind that store my high school memories. I feel like we didn't even get to do everything that I want to do. You might need to come back for a part two. You know, I try to keep the episodes like around an hour for the girlies, but you got to come back. You I know? would be happy to come back to do a part two and we can, you know, dig even deeper. I would love to dig even deeper because I now I want to know, like, were you part of student body? Were you like, were you in politics at the school? Were you in clubs? Like now I have so many other questions. You'll just have to stay tuned. Were you a part of 
student body, though. I could I, see you as class pres. I ran for class pres senior year, but only because the rest of the people running, I felt like we weren't going to have a prom. Mm. I just didn't see their, I didn't see their pathway to prom. So you had to secure the prom. So I was trying to secure the prom. I didn't win, but I was like, I wrote a speech and stuff. Like, wow. I'm sure it was fine. And there were a few clubs I did. I did, um, what was it called? Best Buddies, which was where you'd get paired, paired with like a different yeah. enabled student and you would do like stuff. Like mm-hmm. you would hang out and like go places. Cute. And then I think I was in Latin Club. Okay, well, we so have a lot to, a lot talk, to about talk about next time. Yeah, I mean, taking Latin's a whole other thing. Mary Beth, where can everyone follow you and find you? You can follow me on the gram. You can follow me on TikTok. You can follow me on Twitter if you want, although I, I don't practice anymore. Yeah, I don't, I'm not a good, I'm not a good tweeter it's just at mary beth Barone. keep it simple and they can also listen to you you can also listen to me on my podcast obsessed exclusively on spotify with with former senior superlatives guest benito Benito Skinner. skinner of course wow well thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of senior superlatives as always five stars good reviews only good reviews for this for this show because honestly this show in my mind easy listening Easy, easy listening. listening is a show. This is smooth jazz of podcasts. Um, follow me, DM me, whatever it is. And until next time, stay cool, never change. Ta ta. That was a headgum podcast.